0: speaker from Los Angeles, Ore B. Ore will speak for 20 minutes on the topic of O.A. Foundations. My name is Ore and uh, I'm a compulsive beater. You can go ahead and throw those pictures up. Um, hello, everyone. There he is, there he is, in all his glory, <laughs> Ore B. <laughs> um, Yeah, like I said, I'm a compulsive eater. This current – I'm I'm about three years and 11 months of uh, of this current recovery. Uh, You can scroll down. I think there's one more picture there. And uh, my top weight was – who the hell typed in? Damn, you big. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so wrong, but so right. (laughs) oh thank you for typing that in um so yeah um my top weight uh was 485 pounds and uh I've been in program since uh 99 and um I've had multiple periods of so-called uh abstinence and longer periods of relapse where I gained all my weight Back and then some, and those pictures you saw um, were me at uh, that that was that that was me at my uh, my heaviest in my whole experience in dealing with this addiction it was 485 pounds. And um, I want to start off uh, with uh, a reading from the doctor's opinion XXVIII. In the doctor's opinion, it says men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot over, after time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few simple drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops. They pass through the well-known stages of spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over. And unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. So, you know, I don't eat just because I like food. I'm eating for an effect, right? And it's taken me a long time to fully buy into what the big book is offering me in this picture of the attic it talks about a phenomenon of craving like that's what differentiates me from a normal eater you don't get to 485 pounds by just liking food and like to indulge from time to time i was eating for an effect i was eating to take an edge off i was eating to blot out reality and that's what gave me that sense of ease and comfort. It, it, you know, because without it, once you take away the food, I'm in a permanent, or I'm in a seemingly permanent state of uh, irritability, restless, and discontented discontentedness. Like that's what reality does to me. Without this program, like I don't know how to deal with reality, except by overeating, and I need massive amounts of food. Um, For me, I need massive amounts of food to quiet the the disturbance that's in me without this spiritual solution. And continuing on, he says, on the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, a change in my thinking, the very same person who seemed doomed who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So three years and 11 months ago, before I started this current recovery, um, this current food sobriety, I was in a doomed state. I was in a seemingly hopeless state. Now I can look back and say it was seemingly, but at that time, I felt that it was actually, actual hopelessness, and something happened to me. What is that something? The best way that I could describe it is, I had a spiritual experience. There was a moment where there was a shift in my thinking. And I did not create that moment. I was given that moment. That was the moment of the gift. That, that was the spark, the spark to change. Like I've been dealing with this for a long time. And like I said, like you know, I, I've gone down, I've gone up and I've been in, I've been out. And this last time that I was out, I was in the darkest hole that I ever had ever been. And I was the biggest that I had ever been. And I was the most. I was at a point of hopelessness where I'd even believe that OA would work for me again. Relapse is a big part of my story. And the difference now is how, like, just the the level of buy-in that I have in this spiritual way of life. Before, I always had one foot in and one foot out. Um, I had other options, I thought, until I didn't have any more options, until I got to a point where this was the only option. This this was the only place that I knew of where people were gaining freedom. I had gone to treatment. I had done therapy. I had done seemingly everything that I could to get free of this. And this gave me the way out. This gave me the way out. This program gave me the way out. The 12 steps gave me the way out. And I'm fully bought in. I'm fully surrendered to this way of life. This is this is what I have to do. This is at this point, it's become muscle memory. Like I don't have any other choice. Like I truly feel in my in in my core that it's my destiny to be in this program. I can't like considering a life without this. It's just it's like I I can't do that. Like there's no life without this spiritual way of life. I remember around nine months into this current recovery, um, a thought came to me that if I'm going to be good at anything, I want to be good at recovery. And all that means to me is not like try to be the best in program because I have that part of me too. I want to be above others and. Not not necessarily that, but if I'm gonna work at anything and give a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent at anything, it might as well be in this recovery lifestyle. And it's not just it's not just the twelve steps, right? It's like the twelve steps are my core foundation. It includes therapy. It includes you know seeking outside help, uh, other other spiritual paths, and you know I'm a seeker. Like that's what I am at my core is to seek god's will for my life to seek an understanding of a power greater than me the big book talks about a lack of a pop a lack of power is my dilemma you know i lacked uh, on my own resources i lack the ability to control and regulate how much i eat i lack the ability to you know to control and regulate my exercise my body all that when it comes to those when it comes to that area of my life that pro- that part of my brain is broken I need help I need help and I need the help and it has to be a help that's bigger than any any person it has to be a help that's bigger than weight watchers cuz weight watchers didn't work it has to be a power uh, it has to be help bigger than um, my therapist because I did therapy it has to be it has to be bigger than treatment cuz I went to treatment it has to be bigger than me because I, I I don't have that. So it had like, there had to be something available to me so I could be free from this. And I have an extreme, I'm an extreme case. I'm with, you know, I really believe I'm a real compulsive overeater, just like this the real alcoholic. I've been engaging in this disease since I was young. It's, you know, addiction runs all through my family. So to think that I of myself could overcome this of myself, that was delusional thinking. You know, and going back, looking looking back at my recoveries, you know, I was never full in, fully sold, you know, hands and feet in, all everything, and they call it being in the middle of the hurt. I am full in now. Like, that's the only way that this is going to work for a low-bottom, compulsive old reader like myself. I need to be full in. I need to be doing everything that's suggested of the big book. And if you're new, um, if you're in relapse, here's the bad news. In my experience, in order to, for me to truly become free, I had to give maximum effort i had to thoroughly exhaust myself in the in the effort of recovery i had to be fully submerged in this program i treat it like it's a i treat it like it's a it's a it's a treatment program right like just like just like i went to treatment eating disorder unit like that's what taught me that i needed to be fully submerged i was in um, an extended day outpatient program for 11 hours. I was in treatment there. They did not let us leave. That's where we were. They had a whole program going. And then I, and then instead of returning back to my house, I slept in uh, their their residential facility. So I was completely immersed in that treatment program. And that's where I learned that, oh, you know what? For a compulsive reader of my, of my brand, I need to be fully immersed in this recovery experience. That's the bad news. I need to be giving maximum effort, half measures. It talks about half measures. You know, half measures, half measures did avail me something, but it didn't produce the negative results that I needed. It didn't produce the freedom that I needed. So, like, you know, it, talk, like, it I've learned that I need to be fully committed to this way of life. Is designed for a living. I can't just pick and choose. It's not a la carte. That's the bad news. The good news is like the relief that I've received and that I continue to receive because the job is not done yet. Let me not paint a picture that, you know, that, you know, I'm somehow levitating on clouds. Like the work is, there are still areas in my life where. I need healing and I need God's direction. There's still some ways of thinking that are that are defective in how I approach life, how I deal with people, how I, how I deal with reality. But it's a lot better than it was. And looking back, I can see like slowly but surely, I am healing, I am getting better. But I'm still sick. I still need this, this way of life. I still need to be full throttle. In the way I do this, one of my greatest fears is relaxing the standards of my recovery. Because I know if I relax the standards, if I start to, you know, not show up for my recovery in a maximum effort way, slowly my thinking starts to change and revert. And actions that, you know, certain actions become acceptable. And that's just a cascading effect, right? That's just going to cascade and eventually end up with me back to where I was. And it's going to be a miserable journey back. I know that at my core. I have to stay involved in this work. It took a miracle for me to be fully sold on the ideas in this big book. And the reason I use that terminology is because I really identify with the two stories. You know, one guy, he was trapped in a barn. He had shut himself up. And he had resigned to the idea of dying, just like Bill, did, Bill W. did. He he was completely annihilated by the addiction. And, and not many people know that experience of it within themselves accepting death as the only option out i know that experience so when they talk about you know the transformation for these guys happened when they became fully sold on the ideas in the big book in the spiritual with the spiritual way of life and for the newcomer for the beginner There's certain things, you know, there's certain things that I look for um, that in my experience that were evidence of me being fully sold and fully buying into this way of life. It, It translated into my actions, but it started within me. There was a change within me. I started to take actions that I had never taken before. In this this recovery, I know I I, I joined a men's group. I wanted no part of being a part of a men's group. I joined a men's group, and they had a hardcore philosophy. They talked about food sobriety. I knew about them years ago, and I avoided them. I did not want any part of what they're talking about because I still wanted to hold on to the food. I did not want to practice food sobriety. Some people call it entire action. I didn't want to give up the food. I still wanted to use food. This time around, I joined that men's group. I listened to what they said. I followed their direction. There was no more fight. When you know, when I came back, my prayer was simple. I said, "God, please help me show up." And knowing that I needed to be fully immersed in this way of life, I showed up to meetings every day for almost a hundred days. I know I made calls every day, and it you know some calls were just you know let me check that box, but there were calls when I heard my thinking starting to, oh you know what this is just going to be like every other time you might as well just give up now or you might as well just say fuck it. When my mind started to go there, I was picking up the phone and telling all my thoughts. I couldn't trust my thinking anymore. That's what my all my all my prior all my prior experiences had informed me in that it it, it, it taught me that I could not trust my thinking because the disease, the condition, whatever it is, my mind is going to always try to work back toward the food. And in the the beginning of this recovery, that's one thing I learned is not to trust my thinking. So it wasn't just, you know, when I had a desire to get some red velvet cheesecake muffins or whatever, You know, whatever that, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just about when I wanted to eat. It was just telling on my thinking constantly, running my thoughts by people constantly. I knew I couldn't do this alone. And even with all that, even with all that action, even with all that action, I like there were moments where I was at the brink of going back, where I knew that I was going to eat. And somehow I would go to bed early. I would take a shower or do some type of activity just to divert my thinking for a moment, just to give God a, like an opportunity to come in between me and that first compulsive bite, and somehow I got through. It's possible. Recovery is possible. If you're out there struggling, recovery is possible. I'm a I'm a low bottom. Like I said, I'm a low bottom compulsive old reader with years of relapse and. I never thought that I would have the brand of recovery that I have today, where I've been restored to sanity when it comes to food, where it's no longer, where it's neutral, where I don't have the overwhelming desire to eat a whole large pizza to myself. Recovery is possible. You know, we're all we're all wherever we are on that on that path. We're all on that journey, and and like I just know for me that something happened, and I'm not more special than anybody in this in this meeting right now in this event. So I know that you know that spark, that inspiration, that change in thinking, that spiritual experience can happen for everybody. And what I tell people who are struggling and you know still in relapse because I talk to a lot of people who. Have that relapse experience when that comes, when that when that moment comes, when there's a change in thinking, when you get a moment of just let me try to practice a food plan today. You better hold on to it. That's how I knew something was different for me because I wanted that. I wanted I held that gift. I protected that gift. And it felt like, you know, I was holding that gift and I was being attacked from all places. My mind was attacking me from every direction. And I just held on to that gift. I did not want to go back to the darkness. And today, you know, that 485 pound guy doesn't motivate me as much. I know that's still there. What motivates me today is, you know, I still, the thinking, the thinking. Still, like, the thinking needs work. And that's what motivates me today. It's like, how, you know, how much more, how much, you know, how much more healing can I experience? What else does God have for me today in this world? What vision does he want me to carry out? Thank you for letting me talk. Thank you so much, Ore. Thank you.